0: Welcome to the Bless the City Church podcast. This week's message is from Pastor Jeremy Schwader. Good morning. Hi. Chapter 3. And could I, Nick, could I have the iPad? I was thinking about maybe doing the the slides this morning. Oh, the iPad's not working. Okay. So, um, but the title of this message is, Do You Trust Me? And I wanted to say this before we got into the message this morning. Um, Roe versus way was struck down. Um, what, three months ago, something like that, get, get this, there has been 10,000 fewer abortions in our nation since Roe versus Wade was struck down. Isn't that cool? Like lives are being saved. That's su- super, super cool. Um, so I wanted to say that. And so then the title of this message is, do you trust me? And uh, I had a picture this morning um, not this morning, but last week Isabella and I were up super early and we had this little balloon that we're given because of, uh, of Samuel. And she was having fun because she was holding the balloon and then she would let go of it and it would go up towards the ceiling. And then I would grab it and I would bring it back down and then she could grab it and she got all excited and she got to let it go again. And we did this game for like a half hour of just release it, her releasing the balloon and me bringing it back down again. And I feel like that's kind of a picture a little bit of this whole thing about trusting God we have something in our hand, we, re- we, we, we let it go, and then God brings the blessing and the, and the answer back down. And then we get the next thing and we let it go, and he brings it back down. And there is this continual, I think it's a constant thing that God has for us, is he puts things in our hands and he says, would you trust me with this? And then we let it go, and then he does something more in our life each and every time. So I guess the title of this message is, Do You Trust me. All right, God, thank you this morning that you love to speak to us. Um, I just pray right now we join with what Samuel said in the Bible. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. God, where can we go for truth except for you? And we ask God, I just pray today that you would show us your heart for every aspect of our life. Thank you, God, that you're a God that is moving, God, that you want every aspect of our hearts. And so we say, God, speak to us, do whatever you want in us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about a topic that I don't usually talk about, and I want to preface this, this by saying, saying this. Um, today, we're talking about tithing. We're talking about giving our finances to God. And um, if that gets your heart all in knots, I just wanted to say this. Everything, all the money that comes in today and the next, we're actually going to be giving a lot of money away this month because I wanted to convey to everybody, it's not about the needs of Bless the City or what we have, but it's about the fact that we want to give God our hearts. So today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about tithing, how it's something in scripture and that's something that sets us up for a life of receiving and blessing from God and not just for ourselves, but that blessing would pour through us. So go to the Italian prophet, Malachi, um, chapter three. Let me read this to you. Let's see if this pops up. Does it pop up? Doesn't look like it pops up. If you guys just want, if you just want to go there, that'd be great. Oh, there it went. Yep. Hold on. I don't know if I know what I'm doing here. Desmond, you're just going to have to help me out. I'll read this and then we'll, we'll go from there. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. O sons of Jacob. In other words, I haven't killed you yet because um, I'm a gracious, merciful God. (laughs) Yet from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statues and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, How shall we return? Next slide. Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings or contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Verse 10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there might be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord God of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Let me read that one more time. And therefore put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. God says, do you trust me? Next verse. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Last week I made a comment. And it says this, and the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Last week, I made a comment about the, Red sea, or the Dead Sea and uh, the Sea of Galilee. The Dead Sea has no outflow. Sea of Galilee has an outflow. If my life doesn't have an outflow, life starts to shrink up inside me, and I become stagnant. In fact, the Dead Sea isn't known for life, but um, Darcy made a comment last week, and I researched it. There is actually a little bit of life in the Dead Sea. But you know where it's from, not because of the inflow and outflow, but because of water from underground cisterns that are breaking through to bring life way, way down deep. But the thing is, it evens, there's, there's actually even a promise in the Bible that the Dead Sea will be transformed to be a place of life. And God wants to break through every dead space in you and in me, that there would be life that would pour through. But the principle applies is this. If there is no outflow, the inflow will not bring life. You were made to be a conduit that God would pour his blessing in you and through you. If it doesn't go through you, it won't be life-giving. And so today I wanted to talk about tithing. I remember my parents teaching me about tithing when I was a little kid. Uh, I'd get my allowance and then I'd have, you know, 10 bucks or five bucks or whatever. And then I would have a dollar and you would break it up into 10 different dimes. And then I would be giving that dime in the offering plate. And we had this thing Sunday mornings where I would give 10% of everything I got. And I, I was faithfully bringing my quarter or my dime or my whatever. And my parents taught me from a young age always to give a 10th back to God. I... I um, and, and I saw that God always provided for my family. It was, we we were poor church planters. We didn't have a lot of cash. And it seemed though that every time we gave, God always provided every single time. Um, now, I might, you might say, you might say like, look, Jeremy, this whole tithing thing, it's an Old Testament thing. The whole thing was made so that the Israelites, they could pay for their government and they could have their social safety net. It's, it's not a, It's not something that God is calling us in the new covenant to be. And you might say this too, this whole Malachi passage talked about um, God's people being cursed. I'm like, didn't Jesus bear the curse, right? Like, we're not under a curse, we're under a blessing. I want to show you today that the whole aspect of tithing goes way beyond anything about the law, but there's actually a principle in it that goes way before the law. And the biggest thing about tithing is simply this. Tithing, it's a test, it's a two-way test. God's testing my heart and God's testing your heart. And he's asking this simple question. Am I the leader of your life in regards to your finances? Do, you, do I have your affection when it comes to finances? Now, the word tithing literally means the word tenth. And you might think, well, what, why tenth? And I think actually there's a reason why God picked the number ten. And here, if you look in the Bible, notice this. And if you know the answer, you can shout it out. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. How many commandments are there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? There you go. You might just, you know, you'll get it once we. How many times was Jacob's wages changes testing his heart? Ten. How many times was Daniel, how many days was Daniel tested waiting on God's answer? 10. How many virgins were tested waiting for the bridegroom to come in Matthew 25? 10. How many days of testing are there mentioned in the book of Revelation? 10. So the number 10 in the Bible is synonymous with testing. So this whole thing of tithing is simply God saying, hey, Jeremy, do you trust me with your finances? God could have said 8%, God could have said 55%, God could have whatever, but he said, no, no, 10%. I also think God did a percentage because he also made it fair. If a guy makes, you know, 25 cents, it's like, you know, I don't have 50 bucks to give you, God, but I do have this 10th of what I have. And the other thing that's important about this is to remember, this is a two-way test. This is the only place in scripture where God says, you get to test me. In fact, he even says that if you will tithe to me, I will bless your life. I will, I will rebuke the devourer off of you. There is a test that we can give. I know a guy, Rob LeCoke, he passed away. He owned this place called Linden Bolton town. And he used to say this to me. He's like, yep, at the beginning of the year, I think how much money I wanna make and then I tithe that for the rest of the year. I'm like, well, that's, that's taking some faith. And he's like, and God's not failed me ever once. I thought it was really interesting. And I wanna make this... This point, though, we don't give to get. We give to give. But the point is simply this. If we live a life saying, God, you first. He will bless you and bring his blessing through you. And we are called to be a blessing to everyone around us. And the, God, the first one we're called to bless is who? Him. God says, test me See if I have pure motives. See if I keep my end of the bargain. See if God, will he take care of you? And the answer is yes. Now, I just want to get back to this simple point of this whole thing about about the, like, well, that's Old Testament. Like, I don't know if that's really what God has for us today. Um, I don't remember where there was anything in the New Testament talking about tithing. And I I want to say this. Tithing, if you look at this, it goes all the way back in the Bible, way beyond, way before anything with the law. Um, there was this guy named Melchizedek in Genesis 14. It says this, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him, that is Abram, and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. I love. And blessed, blessed be God most high. I just figured you were making an entrance, so I just figured I had announced. Sorry. Um, who, delivered, who delivered your enemies into your hands? And he gave who? Him, Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything that he had. This is 500, Melchizedek was a priest unto God. This is 500 years before there was any sort of law. Melchizedek gave it, Abraham gave it to God's representative. And then in Genesis 28, 22, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, he's in a place called Bethel. And he says, surely this is God's house. I'm going to give you, God, a tenth. In other words, I'm putting you up. I'm setting you up and honoring you before myself, before anyone. I'm giving you a tenth of everything I have. I want to say this again. Why am I talking about this? Because God wants our hearts and our hearts are connected to our finances. Another part, check this out. Deuteronomy 27, 13 through 15 says this. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, according to all of the commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when I was in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it to to the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God, and according to all that you have commanded me, look down from your holy habitation from heaven, and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. So why do I say all that? One, he says this. If you can put that back up there, Desmond, that passage, Deuteronomy 27. He said this, I got it out of my house. I'm not going to keep. If that's God's, I'm getting it out of my house and I'm giving it to God's house. Then the second thing he says this is, I have not eaten any of it when I was in mourning. In other words, when things were going rough, I didn't spend it. I didn't touch it. I'm like, that's God's. I'm not going to touch it. And lastly, I didn't use it for anything. I I didn't use it for an unclean use. I didn't use it for something that wasn't right. How many know that we can use our money for things that aren't godly, that aren't right? And so he's like, okay, this 10% is set aside to God. I'm getting it out of my house. I am giving it over to him. I'm, I'm not going to use it when things are hard, but I'm going to give it to God, and I'm not going to use it for any unclean purpose, any sinful purpose. And then it says this in verse 15, if I do these things, there is a blessing. There is a blessing for God's people, and our church is called Bless the City. Who would what? Honor God first in our finances, in our time, in all this. God, you are first. I give back to you what is yours. Now, you might be saying to yourself, like, well, Jesus didn't talk about the tithe. This is just an Old Testament thing. Actually, Jesus did talk about the tithe. He said this in Matthew twenty three twenty three. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and asin and cumum, that's all their herbs, they give God a tenth of all their herbs, and and they're really doing all the tithing thing, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you should have done, that is the mercy, the justice, and the faith, without neglecting the others undone. And Jesus is basically saying, you religious leaders, you're doing all this stuff legally, like the tithing thing, but you're not doing the heart of the law, justice, faith, and mercy. So, hey, do both. And then get this. Hebrews 7 verse 8 says this. Because you might be like, well, that was just to the religious leaders. In Hebrews 7 and 8 says this. Here, mortal men receive tithes. That goes, like, to the church, right? That goes to, to the, the, how, the work of God, tithes. But there in heaven, he, Jesus, receives them of whom it, he witnesses that he lives. This is what I really love about this verse. You might give your tithe in a church and be like, hey, are they going to manage the money correctly? You know, there's been stories that people that churches have mismanaged finances and done different things that are not right. You know, if you come next week and Jeremy has a nice brand new Tesla, you're like, hey, what's the deal? I thought we were going to bless the city, not bless Jeremy. It says this in scripture right here. I really like it. Here, mortal men receives the tithes, but there in heaven, he receives them. The fun thing is as we give our money here and it's received in God's kingdom here, there is actually a heavenly transaction that happens where you are actually giving it to Jesus. He is receiving and he sees your heart and he takes your 25 bucks or your whatever that God has given, you're giving and you're saying, okay, I am receiving it. It's an act of worship right straight to God's heart when you give him your finances. Nick and I were talking about this last week. What comes first? Faith that God will do something or work that of like doing something. And I, I really believe a big part of our growing and our love for God and growing in our relationship with him has to do with taking steps sometimes that are difficult right into what God has. And finances is a big part of that. And, and this is the other thing. What if a church abuses what I give? I can think of three examples right now of pastors who did something with either finances, um, something sexual, not right or abuse of power. And, and I was thinking about this last night and it kind of scared me. All three of them had heart attacks and died. <laughs> and so I'm like God will deal with leaders that don't do it right. He really will he really does protect his house. He really does take care of it. You can trust God. And Jeremy doesn't want to have a heart attack. So you can trust God that as you give just saying God it's yours, he will take care of that it's done correctly and God'll God'll take care of it. Tithing is a test. Tithing is biblical. Let me say this: tithing is a blessing. In 2 Chronicles uh, 31, if you want to go there, it's kind of interesting. The nation of Israel was in the midst of an economic downturn. They were really struggling financially. Everything was going wrong. And if you think about where we're at right now, we are in the midst of this exact same thing. What is it? Meat has gone up like a buck ninety-nine to like three bucks in the last whatever. Gas prices have gone up. Mortgage interest rates. Charles, where are mortgage rates right now? Like, seven and a half percent? Like, things just got really expensive in the last little bit. This is exactly where Israel was in Second Chronicles. King Hezekiah finds the book of the law, and he finds the principle in the law of tithing. And He's, he's in this space, and he reads, oh, my goodness, we're supposed to give to the Lord. And this is what he does. And he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give the portion due to the priests and the Levites that they might give themselves to the law of the Lord. What's one of the reasons why we tithe? So that what happens, even at Blessed City, could continue. So that last week when I go and visit a guy who's just about to go spend 12 years at a state penitentiary, that we're able to have the time to connect and pray with this guy. That people whose whole lives are falling apart, that we're able to connect with them. That, that we can make sure that Nick and Julianne can, can play on a Sunday morning. That, that there's space for every, all the things that happen that God's people might be ministered to, released into what God has for them. That's, that's a big part of why we give. It's the second reason, but it's, it's an important reason. And, and I just want to say this, like, folks, we're doing good financially. Like, God's blessing, bless the city. So it's, it's, it's about the fact that God wants my heart. God wants your heart. But here's the question to you. If you go out to dinner, by the way, I accidentally did this. I went to Applebee's a couple years ago, and I was having such a great time with some friends talking that we talked all the way out to the parking lot and it wasn't three hours later until I realized that I had dined in Dash. Ever done that? And so I, we have this great meal and I leave and I'm like three hours later, I'm like, oh, I, I never paid. And then I, I went back and the check was still on the table and then I paid. So it was like nothing happened. But if you went to a restaurant and you had a good meal, would you just leave? And I want to say that a big part of what, what God does in my heart and your heart is that where your treasure is, there your heart is. And as God blesses you in this place, as God blesses you in all this, God, is, God wants to know, does he have your heart? Verse 5 then says this. This is super cool. It says this. As soon as the commandment was circulated to give, the people of Israel gave in abundance the first fruits of the grain, the wine, the oil, the honey, and all the produce of the fields. And they brought in abundance the tithe of Everything. Next slide. And the people of Israel and Judah who lived in the cities of Judah also brought in the tithe of cattle and sheep and the tithe of the dedicated things that have been dedicated to the Lord, their God, and laid them in big old heaps. In the third month, they began to pile up the heaps and they finished them in the seventh month. Third month and seventh month were the harvest months. That's when everything came in. It's like getting a paycheck twice a year. When Hezekiah and the priests came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Verse 9. And Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites about the heaps. In verse 10. Azariah, the chief priest who was of the house of Zadok, answered him, Since they began to bring the contributions into the house of the Lord, we have eaten and have enough and have plenty left over for the Lord has blessed his people so that we have this large amount that is left. This is what's really fun about this passage. And you might miss this if you don't don't look at it a little closely. It says in verse 9, Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites about the heaps. Here's part of what he was saying. Hey, guys. I know we're in an economic downturn. I know things are rough. The people gave these huge, this huge amount of money. All of this produce, all this stuff. Are, are they okay? Like, are they? The command went out, but are they Are they okay? And the priests basically said this, Hey, king, we have more than enough. And I can tell you that the people are doing just fine. They have more than enough than what I need. I can tell you honestly that God always provides for those that give to him first. Can I get an amen? I'm saying this today too because there's such a down pressure on the financial side of things. There's such a down pressure when it comes to scarcity and like, are we going to have enough? And God really does promise to all of those who trust him, you can trust me in this. I'll take care of you. Really? Can I get an amen? Yeah. If you hear anything about what I say today, I want to. I want to tell you this. I've been in the church my whole life. My dad's a pastor. I've I've seen the good and I've seen the ugly in church. I've seen um, God do really amazing things and I've seen people do really ugly things and and I want to I want to say this. Whenever I talk to anybody about tithing, and they're a tither, you know, I I've always hear the exact same message god is providing for me there's always this thing whenever i find someone that's a tither they're always like god has provided for them and the second thing that i often that i hear and I, this is secondly those that aren't tithing i hear them say this i don't think i can afford to tithe i so like there's this wrestle those that are tithing are saying wow i'm so blessed god is taking care of me And those that don't tithe, they say, I don't know if I can. And I want to say this for those of you that aren't tithing. I I just want to say, you're not a bad person. I mean, you're like, God likes you. You're awesome. 17 thumbs up, like you're awesome. But there is a principle and there is a blessing that God has for you that he wants you to trust him in the space of your finances. I've also found this. Everybody that doesn't tithe, you'll find this out. You don't you will never be able to afford to tithe until after you do. You'll find that it's like, ugh, I don't know if we're going to make it financially. I don't know if this is going to work financially. And after you give, you'll find, oh my goodness, God provided again. It's like this God is actually faithful. And, and there's this whole thing, it's an actually an act of faith to trust God. And I can say this, you can't outgive God. Hey, can we all say that together? You can't outgive God. Can I? I want to hear you all say it. You can't outgive God. Really? Like you really, really, really can't. I, I heard a preacher give this example the other day, and um, and, and I like it. And, it. and it was he basically said this: Let's pretend that I'm going away. And um, I have all this finances in America and I, I can't take it with me. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to trust three men that I think are trustworthy and I'm going to give them uh, 10000 bucks a month because, you know, I'm really, really rich and I have all this money. And, and so um, I'm going to give Ed $10,000 a month and I'm going to give uh, Jacob $10,000 a month and I'm going to give um, Pat $10,000 a month. And my only request is, you guys, you know, do what you want with the money. But if you could just give my wife um, 10% of that money... Every month, that'd be great. Just give her 10% of the month a month and and uh, just take care of her. That'd be awesome. Um, and uh, other than that, like, do, you, do what you want. Buy a Lamborghini with the 9,000. I don't care. But just just do that. And so I'm, I'm on this trip. Two, three months in, I, I, I'm, where I'm talking to my wife every night and I call her and I say, Hey, are um, Jacob, and, uh, Jacob and Pat and Ed, are they, like, how's it going? Like, are they, are they still giving you that 10%? And she's like, Oh, yeah, like, Jacob, he's always right on time. Like first of the month, like bam, it's like he gives that thousand bucks, and and then Pat, like yeah, like for some reason, like he gives two thousand dollars a month. I don't I don't really know why. He doesn't have to, but he gives two thousand dollars a month. Um, Well, what about Ed? Well, the first month Ed gave seven hundred bucks, and then the next month he gave four hundred, and the month after that he stopped giving. Think about it. What would that do in my heart towards my attitude towards those guys? I'm probably going to take that money that I gave to Ed and I'll probably give a good chunk of it to Pat and to Jacob because I know this and this is why this person would do this. I want to see if you value what I value. Hey guys, Jesus went to heaven, and he has a bride, and his bride is the church. He wants to know, do you value what he values? Do you care about his bride, the church? Now, he'll give you everything you have, but he's asking, would you give him 10%? Because he wants to see, do you value what he values? And do you trust that he's going to take care of you? Nick, if you could come on up. I've never done a message like this. Feels like a sales pitch. And it doesn't mean to be. We We don't even do an offering on a Sunday. I don't know how many. I went to this one church service once where they had four offerings in the service. And they were asking people to dump out the money on the front step. So there was like all this like money. And then the preacher got up and said, it's not enough money. Do it again. And it like, there's like three times. Our, our, my youth pastor was there, and he was just like, nobody's giving. This is stupid. Guys, it's not about how much. It's not how much to take care of Jeremy's salary or to take care of whatever. No, the point is simply this. Jesus has given you everything, and he's saying, do I have your heart when it comes to your finances because your heart is attached to that. And if you will trust him with what he gives you, he says this, I will rebuke the devourer off your life. I will make sure that you have enough. Test me in this. See if I'm faithful. So I'm gonna ask everybody to do this. Can you take a picture of that giving slide? And I'm saying, I want you to know that today, everything that, that's given to bless the city this day, um, I'm actually, we're actually praying, we're going to give all this money to another church in the community. Um, and you say, why not like some mission or a family in need? Because God loves his bride. And we at Bless the City love the church. We love all the churches in this community. We love what God has done in this city. And so we love Jesus. We love his bride. So we're going to give back to him everything that belongs to him. I'm challenging you today. Trust him. He really is faithful. He really does take care of his kids. And he wants to see, does he have your heart? This message was preached on November 6th. 2022. For more content, you can find us on Facebook or at blessthecitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.